0: In a complex world brimming with new ambitions, the best leaders create the best workplaces. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear real stories about digital capabilities and a culture of empowerment with your host,
1: Joanne Meyer. Welcome to the inaugural event of the podcast for the digital doers by me, Joanne Meyer. If you were looking for Michael O'Sullivan, you missed him. It was, uh, last week was his last digital doer and he handed the baton off to me and I'm very excited to be here today. Um, Looking forward to uh, working with HPE, our sponsor, Hewlett Packard Enterprises. Um, Right now they're getting ready to launch a great new uh, uh, product, which is Green Lake HPE Green Lake, and it's all about bringing the cloud to you—the cloud that comes to you. Um, we're talking today with Dick Hanna, and he is the Vice President of Learning and Innovation at the Health and Safety Council here in Houston, and some other sites, by the way, that he'll tell you about. And we're talking to you today from the beautiful Cannon in West Houston, and it's the place where that was put together, founded, and built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. So thank you to them. We're looking out at this beautiful, uh, beautiful day here in Houston, Texas. And so with that, I'm going to let Dick tell us uh, a little bit about himself. Well,
0: just like the audience, I just found out that this was the inaugural podcast, (laughs) and that's no pressure on me.
1: (laughs) You've got this, Dick. You've got this. I I, I, I looked for a a friendly uh, person to be my guinea pig.
0: Well, I appreciate it, and I look forward to it, and I'm also looking forward to this Canon. Uh, this is a first year for me as well yeah. to come here, and it is beautiful, It's i it, you know, scoping it out, and it's, it's very, outstanding.
1: Very functional, all kinds of spaces here to be, and uh, uh, it is a beautiful place.
0: Well, I appreciate you inviting me, and yes, I am the Vice President of Learning and Innovation for HASC, or the Health and Safety Council, formerly Houston Area Safety Council. Uh, we are a nonprofit that focuses on contractor safety and skills training, primarily for the petrochemical and oil refining manufacturing groups. Uh, we work on behalf of refinery owners to make sure that contractors have the training that they need in order to work safely in their in their sites. Um, I've been working in that industry for o- over 20 years now. And I started as a technical writer working with safety manuals. And uh, it just blossomed from there into training and to proposal writing and to sales and project management. And finally, I got this job with HASC where I can focus just on learning and how our contractors learn and make sure that the contractors are getting the benefit of good learning rather than just training. Uh, We make a distinction at HASC between training and learning. Uh, Learning is something that you take with you. And that you carry with you into the field, whereas training is something that's forced on you, and maybe you leave it and forget it right after you've done it. And so, um, it's it's actually a wonderful place to to practice that skill of learning, and to find better ways to help the contractor community in that industry as a whole. And so, I look forward to the rest of this discussion and talking to you about what some of the things we're doing there.
1: Yeah, I um, I just in the uh, the. Um Full, making a full disclaimer here, I'm a big fan, and I'm involved a little bit with uh, HASC in a very small part of what they do, but as you know, I'm a big fan of all that you do there, um, and I, I I love this uh, this notion that you don't have to be a huge organization to have access to very high quality, uh, easily available and accessible um of training. So I'm a big, big fan of that.
0: That's a good point, Joanne. Most of our members, we are a member-driven organization. Most of our members are smaller, 50 to 200, maybe 500 uh, or employee-sized organizations. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a tipping point where if you get too large, you no longer use us. And I'm trying to change that. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't, I don't agree with that. I mm-hmm. believe that there's always a use for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that even large organizations who invest in directors of training can utilize and benefit from some of the things we're doing at HASC. Yeah. And you're right. You're one of our facilitators yeah. for our leadership training. Yeah. And um, I, I know you love it. Uh, I love it, too. It's We've modeled it off of Mesro's transformative learning moments and finding ways to, to, to have a, a class that changes the the trajectory of many of our leaders out there yeah. and makes them from just being a follower to a leader, and it's, an, yep. it's a fun thing to do.
1: Yeah, it's a great. And, and there are you're, you're having a little bit of success if you're looking at some of those larger organizations because I know there's a spattering in, uh, in some of the classes that I facilitate, mm-hmm. which is always exciting. Um, the other thing is I was thinking about, uh, Dick, when I was thinking about having you here is that you know, you're one of these folks that has a title particularly around learning that seems to perfectly match you. Um, You know, the times I've been in your office, there's two or three books and it's not like a mess. I mean, it looks like an organized way that you are learning and there's things on the whiteboard and it's all about learning. And so I wonder if that doesn't describe you as well and you want to um, encourage others and enable others to be learners because you are a learner.
0: Well, uh, truthfully, we have to thank my boss because uh, when I s- sat down with him about six months into my, my uh, employee there, he said, hey, you ever thought about doing a little bit more, getting your PhD? And I hadn't. And he said, why don't you start thinking about that? Wow. And so he is uh, helping me get my PhD. And uh, everything that I'm doing toward that PhD in adult learning, it has benefits to HASC. And I think it has actually helped improve our product quite a bit. Uh, and so I'm embracing being a learner, yep. and I'm glad that you're not seeing a mess, but you're seeing some no, organized no. some organized, learning going on. Yeah,
1: no, I think so, absolutely. Um, and along those lines, I know that at HASC, it's obvious to me, and then also what the way technology is being used and how that is a big part of the services that you provide. Um, and I know there's a lot going on that I don't see. So I'd like for you to talk to us a little bit about um, how do you use, how is HASC using technology to provide excellent services and products for their their clients?
0: Well, uh, you're right. There, we I I am a advocate of technology in learning. Uh, it's not the end all be all, but I do think that we should leverage technology to make the learning environment better, and to make the learning stronger and more effective for our members. Um, When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the different ways to categorize it, and I think about emerging, I think about um, future technology, but I also think about a technology we're using right now that many people may not be aware of. One of the right now technologies that we're using is called live online proctoring. Uh, HASC and safety councils in general have always had a model that enforces integrity of the process. And I don't know if enough people realize that. If, you, uh, if you're sitting in an office and you are given some training to take, well, you can turn it on and kind of have it on in the background while you check mail or you talk to a buddy and you just push next, push next, push next, and you're not really paying attention until the quiz and then you hope you pass it. That's not really what we're trying to do. Uh, Not only that, but you could ask someone else to do it for you. And when you're dealing with confined spaces, you're dealing with deadly gases, uh, you're dealing with things that can cause a fatality in the workplace, you don't want that. You want to make sure that you're training that person who's supposed to be trained, that they haven't sent an imposter in their place, and that they're paying attention and getting the full benefit. And so safety councils came up with a process where they check identification at check-in Uh, They check identification again when that learner sits down to take the training. They check identification every time there's a test or a quiz or the person goes away. And at HASC, I was actually surprised when I started working there that we, um, we catch about an imposter a week on average, sometimes more. And I understand why that happens, but there needs to be someone who safeguards that process. And the integrity of the process is, is paramount.
1: Yep. So give us an idea. I, I wonder, so you're talking here a lot about the CBT mm-hmm. that's available at HASC. As well as instructor-led. We okay. do that for all every class, yeah. Okay. So give us an idea, though, about uh, how many CBT terminals or how, many, how much capability do you have there?
0: So, yeah, the scale, it's, it's impressive. We are, I think, the largest safety council within our industry. We have 850 computers on site. I think we can get up to 1,000 if we turned over a couple more. We have another site in um, NASA that has another, I think, 250. We have another uh, site in Baytown that has about another 200. And then we're constantly acquiring and growing. And so there's a lot going on. We have about 1,000 to 2,000 learners come through our door every day. And so it is a hopping place. There's a lot going on. And that just means we can have a bigger impact too. And the things that our e-learning development team are doing to have that impact, to make training more effective, more engaging for our learners. So they wanna pay attention. It's not just about that process and that of integrity I was talking about, but we, sh- we want our trainees, our learners to be engaged and they, they should want to learn more. They should want to pay attention. Right. And so when I, when I talk about what's going on now, what we've just done is released a live online proctoring technology. And what that does is it allows us to continue to have that hardcore uh, integrity of the process, but in a virtual world. Um, we can now deliver to anybody unproctored or proctored computer-based training so that when Joanne, let's say, takes a class she would have to show her ID, she would have to show her desktop, and then she would have to take the training of the course with a proctor watching her. And if Joanne pulls out her camera and starts taking pictures of test questions to share online, or if Joanne leaves for 30 minutes, our proctor will stop that training. And uh, what this does is that again, it helps us provide good quality training to more and more people we have so many members who say we love what you do how come you can't do it for me in california how come you can't do it for me in montana and this allows us that opportunity to do it and so it's a i think it's a wonderful representation of how we can utilize technology to take some of the great things we're doing outside of this region
1: so the live online technology did you develop that at HASC, or was that something that came off the shelf, the live, the live online, online proctoring? Live online proctoring, yeah.
0: yeah. So there are off-the-shelf solutions. Uh, this has been done for colleges and for um, other, other, other industries for a long, long time. Uh, I think several years now, five years maybe. Um, it was the last time, the first time I heard about it was five years ago. We did develop our own. Our users um, have come to expect a quality uh, that we're able to, to create for them. And we found when we, we go off the shelf, we lose some of that. And so we created our own, and it is, I believe, the first in our industry to do this. Okay. And so far, it is taking off. So it's, that's good to see.
1: And so um, in addition to just whether or not the, the the learner is sitting there at the the computer doing the training, what other kinds of data is available to you, them, the companies that you're capturing from this online proctoring?
0: So we capture everything that that a learner might take with us is captured in a training record in our learning management system, also something that we self-developed. And actually that learning management system has been in place, I think, for almost 30 years, just tons and tons of data. And right now, we're capturing their license when they show a picture of it. We capture a brand new picture of that person. We capture their signature when they come in. And we capture their score so we can, we can judge their score versus others. We, we see what other training they may have taken in the past so we can see their experience over their course of their entire life cycle. They can port over some of that training when they change jobs. Uh, if they, they go to another company that uses us, then the, that new company will be able to see some of the courses they've taken, which okay. saves that company some money. Right. So it's having an LMS that can capture a lot of that data is, is very worthwhile, but it also has incredible potential for some of our emerging technologies around adaptive learning where you're using that data to actually model courses for learners based on their past experience.
1: Okay, great. So a little bit of thinking, is that, that's kind of emerging where you would be able to kind of customize almost the training for the individual learner needs, even within a larger course of some kind.
0: Right, and so if you want to think about it, and this is, goes into emerging again, or, or actually future, um, Joanne may have... 20 years experience in our industry, I may be a one-year guy, right? We shouldn't be taking the same test, right? Joanne's perspective is gonna, is gonna be different. She's gonna see things in a different world and she may get bored with the same test that I'm taking or if I'm taking Joanne's test, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be over my head. So what the, the goal would be is to deliver the type of material that's best suited for that learner using your LMS to guide it okay and it's a little way off but it that's the goal that's the goal.
1: Okay. yeah excellent excellent so um, real quickly before we move on because I know we want to talk about some of the other because that is your um, uh, live online proctoring that's been something you've been using for the last several years so that's in place
0: actually just the last year oh ah, yeah okay. it just came out on the market okay yeah
1: great um, but before we get that, you mentioned about how many folks kind of come in and out to mm-hmm. do training every day. About how many member companies does
0: HASC have, do you know? Several thousand. Okay. Several thousand member companies. We support even more that are non-members. Okay. You don't have to be a member to work with us. You just get their, their different benefits that right. come with membership. Sure. Membership is, is extremely affordable, however, and so it would behoove any, any organization to be a member. Uh, but really, our CEO says it best, um, H-A-S-C is like a, uh, a trade show that's always on. When you come in through our doors, you're gonna see it, it is just bustling. There are people everywhere. There are things to see and do. And if you need any type of course created, we're the people for it. Yeah.
1: There's learning going on on the, the screens, I notice always. Mm-hmm. There's always little tidbits, helpful hints. And yeah. so
0: that would be another one that's happening now, which yeah. is micro learning, right? Yeah. learning yeah. is taking courses and making them smaller and more bite-sized. And yeah. we're, we're experimenting with that, yeah. too.
1: And I love the timeliness. In the summer, there's a lot about heat stroke, mm-hmm. little tidbits and things to take away. Okay, great. Okay, so now talk to me a little bit about some of the emerging. I, I know there's one that you've just been... Um, Uh, started or that's going to be a hot topic?
0: So we're studying virtual reality with meta taking off and with other um, other organizations looking into virtual reality as a training tool and also as arcade games become more ubiquitous, uh, virtual reality is becoming a more and more a part of our our daily lives and we're seeing that our learners are expecting that, that we keep up with that type of technology. So was it two years ago we started creating and developing our own virtual reality uh, course. And it was on uh, Firewatch and we studied it. Our goal is to study these things to determine if our members should bank use of it. If it's not worth it, then we shouldn't be investing money in it. And we did a study where uh, we had several hundred learners take a computer-based training that did not have virtual reality. We had several hundred learners take a computer-based training that was the exact same, except it had some virtual reality exercises, about five minutes worth. And then we, we looked at their test at the end, and their tests were the exact same. And at that point, I started sweating, because I was like, <laughs> uh-oh, <laughs> I have not moved the needle at all. Uh, maybe that means virtual reality is not worth it, or maybe I've just wasted a lot of money. <laughs> and thankfully, though, we also tested them a week later, and it was actually because I read a study that said most of the benefits of virtual reality come from long-term memory development. And long-term memory development, meaning a week or more. And the the, the data showed that after a week, the learners who had taken the virtual reality exercise did better on the test by over 10%. And that's that's significant. Yep. It was a, a statistically significant event.
1: Right, right. And so... Um Based on that experience, did you have you made a decision about continuing to try to learn and try from that? Did you get some thoughts on what else you could tweak, for lack of a better term, that might help those learners even do better than the 10%?
0: So we did, and what we did was we created a second course, and this one was on confined spaces, and confined spaces in our industry are a, a, can be a potentially deadly environment. They're very serious. And they're they're a tough thing to train. For someone coming into the industry new, they don't realize what a confined space is. That
1: risk is sometimes hard to recognize. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. It is.
0: And so we created the same model where we have a CBT with confined space information and another one that has the exact same information but with virtual reality exercises. The difference being at the end of the second exercise, we attached a video with an emotionally resonant moment. I see. And so let's pretend that Joanne takes it and Joanne is doing a excavation um, where she is the hole watch, which is a confined space. And there's a accident in the hole and someone gets buried and Joanne has to react. As soon as that exercise is over, we show a video of where that actually happened in our industry. And what we're trying to do there is show Joanne that, hey, this is relevant to your job. This is not theory, this happens. Secondly, we we were able to get news snippets that had interviews with the victim's family Where the victim's family is talking about how they missed that person and they wish they'd done more uh, to stay safe and What we're trying to do is create an emotionally resonant moment for the learner so that they'll remember that virtual reality and that video more And what we're hoping to do, we're doing a qualitative, which means we're we're interviewing the learners afterward to ask them what they think. Uh, So far, that's very it's shown that it's very beneficial from a qualitative standpoint. standpoint. Um, We're also hoping to do the same quantitative where we look at their test scores and we look at the test scores uh, a week later to determine if we can get higher than 10% memory, long-term memory development. So um, what, what I like about H.A.S.C. is they're allowing me to study this more and more to find the most effective way, right. again, because, it, you know, there may be people in our industry who are investing in virtual reality, but do they know how to use it? Do they know its benefits? Which are going to get
1: your bang. Right. Your bang the best
0: the bang for okay. the buck.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Because I assume it's not inexpensive. No, it's not. It it
0: is getting less and less expensive every day though. Headsets are becoming less expensive, development costs are becoming less expensive. It's still uh, fairly expensive yeah. for some of our organizations Great.
1: though. Great. Um, okay, so excellent. I knew I know that. So tell me, what's on the horizon that you're thinking about? Is there is there a new technology you kind of already got teed up that you're that you're uh, thinking about uh, putting into place, or is there one you'd really like to try?
0: So this is interesting in that it's the hardest to kind of understand the true benefits, but I also think it has the most potential. One of the things that's always bothered me is that when our learners come to HASC, they take a course, and then as soon as they leave, I feel like they leave the training at the training site, right? They don't it, it stops becoming learning and it's just training again. They see it as just, hey, this is safety training. Now that I'm in the field, I need to get back into the field mindset. I want them to t- carry that training, that learning with them into the field. There's something called the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve, which most people in adult learning understand, which is you immediately start forgetting. And there's some scale that says after a couple hours, you've already forgot 90% of what you learned. Which is
1: kind of interesting, based on the comments you made about the data from the virtual reality. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right.
0: Um, And part of spaced practice is the uh, idea that if you can delay or forestall that Ebbinghaus forgetting curve, and you can have moments where you touch points with the learner afterward or during that time they're forgetting, and you can craft it in such a way that you're you're really highlighting the objectives you want them to remember then you have a better chance of them remembering in the long term. So imagine, for instance, that you're taking fire extinguisher training. And part of fire extinguisher training is something called the PASS technique. The PASS technique stands for pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. And if you train that and you want them to remember that, well, you give them a test at the end to make sure they remember. But that Ebbinghaus forgetting curve says they're going to start forgetting. And like I said, I, I have a feeling that when people leave, they leave the training at our doorstep. And so... What you're trying to do is get them to remember PASS later on. And if you send them a quiz two weeks later, a week later, and it says, hey, what's PASS again? They're having to activate a reflective moment kind of and and go back in their memory banks and go, oh yeah, PASS. And if they don't remember, you you remind them. And then you hit them again a week later and a week later. And imagine this beyond PASS. And you imagine it for not just fire extinguisher training but confined space training and elevated work training and all sorts of process training. And you could have them learning constantly. And then learning is not just something they do while they're at the council, it's something they're used to and they do on a daily basis. And that's where you're really affecting some really positive change. Because what we want them to do is to take what we're training them and helping them learn, into the field and pass it on to others. And that's where you're really getting something impressive.
1: And so the uh, the, the technology behind this spaced learning kind of looks like what? Being able to take the data from the LMS that says, Joanne took the class three months ago, it's kind of time, let's see if we can remind her about this?
0: Yes, that would be part of it, is using the fact that Joanne just took a course, now let's remind her about cer- certain objectives within Keeping, the course. Yeah. The other thing that might come out of that LMS is Joanne's best way of communicating. Is it through text? Is it through email? Mm-hmm. There could also be resource libraries that you send to Joanne that say, hey, there's something new on the past technique. Here's a quick video and then a quick quiz to show you. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of ways to use space practice. Um, it's, it's really getting it into the learner's hands in a convenient way right right now we're so filled with so much information a lot of notifications that might come through your phone aren't worthwhile to you and you just delete 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 and so you don't want to become a part of the noise but you do want to make sure that you're getting in front of your learners and so there's a balance that has to be to to be struck and finding that balance is the tough part
1: Mm -hmm. so it reminded me a little bit of um around some equipment reliability and maintenance uh you know it almost sounds like you're trying to get to a point instead of having a preventative maintenance plan for a piece of equipment you're almost saying i want to have a plan for each of the learners that come that is like a preventative forgetting yeah right very it's much so And in a plan that then you push out to folks they don't have to come looking for it you're trying to push it to keep things that are important at the in the top of their
0: exactly bond. and if what you could do potentially joanne is if i know joanne as a contractor who's about to go do confined space work as yes yeah, exactly you're you're nodding because you see it already Perfect. that we would tailor yeah. the message to the work she's about to do yeah. and so it then it becomes on-demand training yeah and then it's really it's 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 and benefiting single, the learner to like a greater single degree. single point
1: learning just in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has. So, yeah, I think the implications and the benefit are huge, mm-hmm. are huge for that. So that's kind of on the horizon. Excuse me. That's kind of on the horizon. Yes. you're already. You guys are already toying around with that or not so, quite? We are already toying around with it. In fact,
0: you mentioned earlier that we have some videos, some micro-learning videos in our hallway. And right now, our learners can watch that video and take a quiz through a micro-learning app and gain credit for a training. Now, that's not exactly what I'm looking for, but it's close. It's the first step. The next step is to tie it into our app. We have an app called Link Mobile, H-A-S-C, Link Mobile and having a resource library is the next step yeah. that, that pops up for our users as they take courses. Yeah. The next step after that is to notify them, hey, you need to go take this. Eventually, I'd like to get to a point where as you're taking the space practice, it's it's compiling all the amount of time that you're taking it so you don't even have to come in for, for instance, an annual eight hour refresher. You can take it throughout the year in five minute doses and
1: defer that completely. And get, and get the benefit and maybe a better benefit if mm-hmm. it's if it's just in time just what you need when you need it yeah that's um you it sounds a little bit also like a, an apple watch for your brain
0: it, it could be
1: it could be <laughs> I, don't I don't know but i think I, I i love the idea love the love the concept
0: no it's it's like i said i think it has even greater benefits for the industry mm-hmm. than virtual reality for for instance
1: yeah, that's that's interesting mm-hmm. that's fascinating Um, What about anything else? Is there any kind of technology you've just begun to hear about? Anything that comes to mind or you think you guys are kind of playing out there on the edge pretty good?
0: So one of, you mentioned earlier, Uh, e-learning. I think we do a very good job with our instructor-led training of crafting our courses in such a way that um, we get those transformative learning moments. You heard me talk about that. the, the next step was to look at our e-learning and find better ways to get information across to our learners remember i said we want them to be engaged instead of tuning out we want them to look at the screen and go what are they saying i want to listen to this because it's interesting and we i don't think we were doing that very well in the past and i think in, in right now and in the future we're playing with better ways to get that information to be interesting to our learners so they want to pay attention we're doing things like explainer videos which um, if if you look at the data explainer videos short documentaries three to five minutes are very intriguing to people we're looking at uh, scaffolding through analogies where instead of giving you really complex information we're starting with the easy stuff that you might be able to use with um, other information you already have on hand and building slowly over time Um, and then also animations of course animations video the more that we can capture their attention and and drive them to watch and want to learn the better chance we have of them remembering
1: excellent excellent well dick um really appreciate you being here today It was very, very fascinating. So let me ask you, as you're thinking about all of these uh, different kinds of technologies that are out there and um, um, uh, even uh, enhancing what you currently use, when you think about, because as you mentioned, some of this technology is expensive, when you think about the technology and you're charged with making some decisions, do you have any, like... um, red flags? Have you ever run across something that says, you know what, this is not something we want to move forward with? Or what do you see that says this is absolutely a green light and we need to go? Any thoughts there?
0: I do. And so um, I am not the type of person who believes technology is your uh, saving grace in every opportunity. Uh, Some people throw technology at stuff and, and think it's going to be this perfect... 180 and it's going to change everything. And I don't believe that. I believe that it can be a part of your mix. Uh, One of the things we're doing right now with our leadership training is trying to create a more cohesive program, right? Instead of having really good training courses, why don't we have a program that has a system within it? And that's not expensive to create a system that's reinforcing, that has users' conferences or newsletters that go out to the the learners. These are all easy things that are relatively inexpensive but have to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think they have to benefit the learner. If you're just doing it because it seems cool, I think you're missing out. It needs to benefit the learner. One of the things we try and do is when we craft a new course, we do it because someone's asked for it or we get information from our industry in order to craft it better. The last thing we wanna do is create a course in a silo and say, oh, this is gonna be cool. We release it and no one wants it because it just wasn't something the market wanted. And so I think to answer your question is there's the, the fear that let's take virtual reality. It may not be what everyone's hoping in fact when we did a quick study on whether or not the industry wants it and we said to our learners as they came in do you want to take vr or not most of them said no and so there's this idea wow. out there that everyone wants it well not maybe yet Maybe not. Yeah. yeah
1: maybe not yet that's the question yeah
0: and so i think the the fear would be spending a lot of money on something that the industry just doesn't want and is not effective that would be worse and so You've you've got to do it for uh, smart reasons rather than just because it's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, Dick, thank you for being my guinea pig. Uh, I don't know. I I learned a lot, and I thought I knew a lot about HASC, but I learned a lot. And uh, I think that's part of your title. That's what you do is you learn and you help other people learn.
0: Well, and uh, I, I would encourage anyone, if y'all want to come down and see some of the stuff we're doing at HASC, please do. Uh, contact me. They can find me on LinkedIn, Dick Hanna. Uh, my email, dhanna at hasc.com. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to talk about this with anybody.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, Dick is telling the truth. You walk into that facility in Pasadena, it's mm-hmm. the one I've been to, one of the other sites, but you walk into the one at Pasadena and it's, um, it's an experience. You know, it's uh, it is a buzz. There is a lot going on. Um, So, um, likewise, I would encourage people to go drop by and see Dick. Okay. So this has been my first, my inaugural um, of the digital doers for OGGN. I want to thank again Dick Hanna for joining me today. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors, HPE. Go take a look at. uh, at their website and take a look at green lake it's a pretty pretty cool concept about the cloud coming to you instead of the other way around and again we're enjoying a beautiful view here at the canon so uh thanks again and until next time
0: thank you joanne yeah. i appreciate it and i hope i set a good standard for others to follow
1: <laughs> we'll be measuring how's that good. <laughs>
0: Come back next week for another venture into the real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.